Welcome to Glass Bones Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Burke. Joining me today, as always, is the wonderful and very cute-looking Mr. Kyle Franz. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you? I'm excited. We're in a new studio. We are. So we went from my kitchen to my spare bedroom, <laughs> and we have some stuff set up, which when this room is actually clean, we'll get a picture on the Instagram, but you have to wait until I clean, which means you may never get that picture. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't get too excited. Uh, I am excited, though, because joining us today is a good buddy of ours whose name is Murph. So, Murph, how are we doing? Hi, guys. Glad to be here. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. That was like five more words than Elliot gave on his introduction, so we appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. All right. So we are continuing on with our team previews for the year. So Murph is going to be on for the episode. He's going to help us break down some teams. So today we are doing the Chicago Blackhawks, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Nashville Predators. So we're going to start with the Chicago Blackhawks. So for them, arriving is Connor Bedard, Corey Perry, Nick Foligno, Taylor Hall, Ryan Donato. Deporting is Ian Mitchell, Jonathan Taze, Caleb Jones, Kahara, Austin Wagner, and Alex Stalock. So Murph, you're a big Chicago fan, so we're going to put you on the spot for this one. So before we get into what's going on with the team and this season, stuff like that, we're going to do a little background. So you're a Chicago fan. How long has that been a thing for? I've been a fan since uh, 05, 06, actually. Um, it was basically when the team was still in shambles and uh, Taves and Kane came on the scene. Two young kids. I'm excited to see what they can do. For me, growing up in central Pennsylvania, I was sandwiched between Flyers, Penguins, Capitals, and uh, you know, the Hershey Bears were a mainstay with being in Hershey. So I kind of wanted to branch out and see what was out there. Uh, at that point, Chicago seemed like a good fit. Let's follow these two young kids. And, you know, history was already <laughs> made by the time we know now with three cups in that era. So uh, it was definitely a long time to get to that point. Um, but yeah, now in my uh, adult age, I get the words of bandwagon a lot, which is fine, but <laughs> that's okay. Uh, yes, I mean, it, being a bandwagon fan, though, even if, I mean, it's not true, it's still better than being a Philly fan. So, you know. <laughs> uh, it's not really a bandwagon if you start cheering for them. I mean, it was, what? five years six years you cheer for them before they won so right right most people just don't they don't know the history they yeah. just see the apparel and they yep. assume mm -hmm. i got it all the time i still do <laughs> so it is what it is <laughs> well that's what's funny and well i mean i'm a it's we'll talk about that a little bit later but i'm a big national fan and which they haven't won a cup so it's not like but they've been they've had a couple really good years and those are the years where i tend to talk about it more but like it's funny because the reason that i like them is simply because of the, I want to say it was maybe in the 2008, 09, something like that. The Their logo that year was so cool that I was just like, I'm in on this team. Like, I don't care where they are. I just love them. Love the colors, love everything. So that kind of stuck out to me. And then at that point, Thomas Vakun was a goalie. And he was one of like three right-handed catching goalies in the league at that point. And so I was just like, that is the coolest thing ever. And it just attracted me to him. And then Kimo Timonen and Scott Hartnell, like, just guys like that. And it's funny how people assume that if you're not a fan of the team that's closest to you or you're where you're from, that you're a bandwagon fan. But I'm like, that's just so stupid. Like, who cares? Like, it's one thing if, if it's like, oh, I'm a, like, if I'm now like, oh, I'm a big Vegas Golden Knights fan. Like, yeah, okay. You've been a, you've been a Flyer fan your whole life. You have Flyer jerseys everywhere. You can't now go, oh, now I'm a Vegas Golden Knights <laughs> Even though I do have a Vegas Golden Knights shirt, but that was also because I got that the year they expanded. My mom got it for me for Christmas, and I was like, "That's pretty cool." So anyway, it's funny how people will immediately jump on the whole bandwagon thing. But whatever. Yeah, and and the bandwagon thing's annoying to me too. Like, yeah, okay, if you're clearly a fan of a team, and then you switch, okay, I could see that. But when you're someone that really has never really grasped to a team, and you just that's who you chose, then they go on to win three cups. It's kind of out of your control. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, it's the guys that uh, every next season they have that next the new team shirt. It's like, 
Yeah. Yeah, they just won the cup, right? Yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah. No, I didn't realize. It's strange. I bought this shirt when the playoffs started. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. <laughs> Can't help you the number one seed. <laughs> That's also one thing I'll say. People people who see me, you see me in multiple different team jerseys all the time. Look at the teams, the names on the back of those jerseys, though, because that's why I have it. And almost, every, actually, every single one of them, besides Yager, is all Americans. So that's what it is more than anything. So, and again, one of my mommy's Christmas presents ideas, that's what she gets me. So it's like, <laughs> some of it's that too, you know? Like, so anyway, moving on. So, out of, so I'm going to give you a question in script for you, but so that you have three cups in Chicago. Which one do you think was your most was your favorite? Ah man, that's actually a tough question. Better not say twenty thirteen. <laughs> say twenty thirteen. It's tough because when they all came around, I was very dedicated to each. Um, there was many late nights where they had West Coast games that I just knew I was getting limited sleep before work the next day. But yeah. I loved it. I mean. I told my boss, I was like, hey, I'll be here. And sometimes he would just be like, hey, you know, coming a little bit late. I respect what like what you're doing. <laughs> and uh, for each cup, you know, everybody that was my friend or coworker knew, like, well, okay, if, if my team's out, you know, he's so passionate, they just kind of backed me up on it. So that was cool to see, like, the real friends and, you know, they supported me through it. Um, it's, it's tough, uh, especially because the core group, was there for for all of it, like mm-hmm. Seabrook, Duncan, obviously Kane, Taves, um, <clears throat> Crawford for sure, being that mm-hmm. backstop he yeah. was before you know the injuries caught up to him. But Pat, yeah, when, Pat, oh, sorry, Patrick Sharp, Marion Hosa, like all those guys were there for all of that, which sure, is awesome for sure. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I want to say Kane's because no one knew it was in except mm-hmm. for him. He celebrated and he went nuts with it. It was cool to see, but even too, you know, even the times when the third and fourth line guys stepped up for the other cups and they put up points that you weren't expecting, but that's the thing you need to carry the team through. I can't pick. I can't because <laughs> each each one was unexpected. Yep. And the time where it got to where I expected them to win, which I think was two thousand seventeen. Then they didn't do it because they were like, oh, Chicago's on this one year on, one year off cycle. And it kind of looked like it was be true. And I kind of lackadaisically watched the playoffs because I thought, well, I got time to watch. No big deal. And then they didn't they didn't do it. And I was like, took it for granted. <laughs> yeah. Playoff hockey is something I don't know anything about being a Philly fan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, going back to like those playoff runs, I always say that that 2015 run was so impressive because I remember that team. I was like, they're done. Like they had their runs, they won two cups. They're already the great one of the greatest teams of all time. I remember they signed like Brad Richards that off season. They traded for Antoine Vermette. I'm like this. Mm-hmm. I just I don't see those guys really coming in and replacing what they did. But then I remember like Brian Bickle was scoring like. Mm. He scored like ten goals that yep, playoff yep. run, and it's just like it's yeah, it is that that run was really impressive, especially that Cup final because that I remember it was against Tampa, and that was when the what did they call the Johnson Palat and Kucherov line? Every triplets. was it just the triplets? Something? Yeah. Sure. They were just on fire, and Chicago just shut them down. Right, and it was yeah that I remember that Cup was. I mean, hey, you win the Cup, it's impressive regardless. But I just I thought that playoff run was really surprising i did not think they were going to win it that year so yeah that's yeah it's cool it's good recall yeah <laughs> he has that i don't <laughs> and i'm over here like wait which year did dustin buffin leave because that, that's, that's the guy i want to talk about because oh, i miss man. i miss a, the dustin buffin nhl so much that right. dude was just a unit and it's and it's funny to me like looking back on you know like kind of what what Chicago like had to do in order with the salary cap and everything. And unfortunately he was somebody that they had to move, move out. But it was like looking back at his time in Chicago and like him flipping from defensive forward and back and forth and all the different things that he did, but the stuff that he brought to the team. And it's just like, it's a shame because I still think if that ankle injury hadn't caught up to him and maybe if he's in a different city, I think maybe there's a little bit more push to come back. And it's just, it's just a shame. I, he was, he is always like just one of my favorite NHL players. Just love him to death. 
So yeah, it's it's interesting looking back on different rosters and stuff like you brought up Vermont, and that to me is the type of trades that wins you cup mm-hmm. cups. It's not the let me go get well, ironically, let me go get Patrick Kane at the and the off are at, at the trade deadline. It's it's those where it's like you're bringing in that that guy that's going to stabilize you, and I think you see that. You know, like even the Ivan Barbashev trade this year. I mean, Vegas goes on to win the cup. That wasn't the the trade deadline move. That yeah. wasn't like what everybody's talking about. Yeah. But look at how valuable he was. And it's amazing to me. It's like oftentimes, which I mean, they in essence traded a first round pick for him, but it was just a first round pick, which was Zach Dean. But like you look back and it's like, I don't I don't know off the top of my head what they traded for for, for Vermet, but I'm sure it wasn't a first round pick. It's like it's oftentimes when you're trading first line first round picks at the deadline you often don't win cups yeah. and it's kind of ironic but anyway yeah so we'll move on now so yeah i just think it's interesting to you know get some feedback and stuff and you know you have some championships in your past well both of you do and mine's haven't been in my lifetime and <laughs> we probably won't see one in my lifetime again but anyway that's a whole other story <laughs> so yeah okay so keep, yeah just keep keep hope buddy maybe one day i mean i do i will say i have full faith that this current management will get something done yeah exactly. i'd be happy with a conference final at this point and a stanley cup final would be excellent even if it's if that's all they get and then they're done so be it. i'd be happy with that because you can't you can't expect to win the cup you just it's just one of those things where it just it's so tough even when you have the top team there's so much that can go wrong so yeah just think you've been farther than the leafs <laughs> Oh man, I didn't even have to do it that time. <laughs> that is excellent. Yeah, I was, yeah, it's funny you say that because I was about to say like it's the Flyers just need to get back. I know we're here to talk about the Blackhawks, but we're kind of going off the rails. But that's what we do here. <laughs> um, the Flyers, like when I was growing up, like they never missed the playoffs. Every year they were in it, and maybe they got knocked out in the first round. I don't think that matters. I think Flyers fans would give anything to get that back again. Yeah. One more playoff series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I do, I trust that this team, this management will get this team moving forward. Forward may look like taking a step back to go forward. And hopefully Philly fans are okay and can live with that. I can, although it's interesting. I'm, I'm, which, well, yeah, it, it's just going to be an interesting season with Couturier coming back and Atkinson coming back of what, what will they look like? You know, they, they didn't move that, like they moved Proveroff, but I feel like that wasn't this huge, like you're getting Sean Walker back, who I think is, you know, a pretty good, pretty good defenseman in his own right. So you didn't really downgrade that much. And another year in a Tortorello, you're getting your number one center back. Like, I don't know where that team's going to be, but anyway, back to Chicago. So, <laughs> so yeah, so we, we, so we asked about how long you've been a fan. So we kind of touched on why they're your favorite team, but do you have anything you want to add to, to that? So yeah, um, <clears throat> I didn't know this till later down the line, but my mom became a Blue Jackets fan, and you know, getting more to ask her, she was like, "Oh well, um, you played against Nick Foligno in high school ice hockey." <laughs> wow! And I didn't know this growing up whatsoever. <laughs> so it turns out he went to Hershey High School in Central PA. I went to Lower Dolphin. They were our rivals. So his dad went and coached the Bears for a stint, um, and he the whole family moved, I think, from Buffalo to there. Or I, he might have moved to another city before landing in Hershey for a stint. So he played for the Central Penn Panthers hmm. for travel before he got on like the, the national team. So there was like, if I might have been in the same building. I'm not quite sure what my mom remembers. I don't remember him, but it's more ironic the fact that we went to Columbus, saw games of him in person because she wanted to go out there. Well, she would always pick games where we would go and watch the Blackhawks play against the Blue Jackets in Columbus. Great venue, awesome. Yeah. So now it all comes full circle. He lands in Chicago, and he gets number 17. Mm. So anybody who knows me, that's my hockey number. So it's like this is all way too convenient. Um, so, yeah, it, it's cool. There's a lot of humbling stories that, keep tying this whole thing more back together so i came into this uh into this podcast skeptical of they're not going to make playoffs and you know who's going to know what happens but now that like 
little sparkles keep happening, I'm like, maybe there is a chance. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I did not know that. So, yeah, so I guess he is around your age. That's that's awesome, though. Like, he's an eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. I'm a ninety, so there's three years off there. Okay, that's so cool. Hmm. That's wild. I had I had no idea. That's interesting. I did not know that he was a central pen kid. That's so funny to me. I, yeah, it was for one, two se- seasons, something like that. But I mean, yeah. I'm not quite sure. You can Google it. And whatnot, but <laughs> I know this will be random, but. I actually saw the Blackhawks play the Blue Jackets the one time I went to that stadium in 2010. So, hey, maybe oh, wow. there was a chance we were in the same arena. I had no idea. We easily could have been. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan Taves and Rick Nash had a little scuffle. And Steve, or uh, oh, who was the Blackhawks? Cristobal Huey got pulled. It was oh, like a six to five game. Wow. <laughs> That's a throwback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Wow. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. He is right, though. That stadium. I've been to. I lost track now, but I've been to a bunch, and mm-hmm. I think Columbus is up there one of my favorites. Yeah, they have they have a good, and you know, you hear like some hockey players get interviewed, and people don't believe it, but like it is a really cool arena, nice, clean facility. You know, I say state of the art; they keep it up to date. And like downtown's not bad either. I mean, <laughs> if you want to go out and grab dinner, grab a meal, um, you know, it's safe to walk around; it's clean. So you know. Obviously, you know, you think middle of Ohio, who really cares? I mean, there's nothing else around besides, you know, Ohio State football. When that takes over, it's like they don't even have a hockey team. <laughs> but no, yeah, if you guys get a chance, go out there and, and sightsee. That's definitely a, a good one to check out. Yeah. I mean, I have many, many arenas on my bucket list and I want to get to at some point. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely one of those. I mean, the canon is just like yep. so cool. It's such a cool. It's and it's so cool to me that it's their thing. Like, and it's become officially like it's part of part of being a blue jack. Is like you're gonna you want that or you want that cannon going off. And I think that that's so neat. And it's but it's cool to have that kind of thing for your organization because it creates this unity inside of that. That which you know, and I felt like a lot of different teams have some form of that, but to have something as unique and cool as that is really neat. So yeah, I definitely want to get out there at some point, but. I mean, I want to get to all the arenas, but just logistically <laughs> is impossible. But yeah, so okay. Anyway, we'll keep uh, we'll keep moving so that we can get through this. But so you you touched on you're not sure where where you think this team's gonna end up at this year. But uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? I mean, it's these past couple of years have been a struggle. I mean, it's fine. Every team has their ups and downs. Uh, I think most of it is denial. You don't want to see it happen. Um, you ride such a high for so long, and then uh, you know people get hurt. You don't know what's going on. They try and come back. You know, age catches up to everybody too. So it's tough that way. But um, I mean, losing Kane, losing Taves, that's rough. Um, the only thing I can say I'm hopeful for is that the teams under Chicago have been pretty good. Uh, the Ice Hogs, um, decent AHL team. You know, last year, uh, I think they had, I think they had, yeah, thirty-five wins, um, out of seventy-two games. So, like, it's not, it's not great, but still, you know, middle of the pack. Um, they did, you know, get a playoff berth, so that's good to see from. So, you know, you can see it generate better in teams where the teams, the farm teams under them, if they're producing something. So when players have to go up or down, they still have consistent hockey. Mm-hmm. That's the toughest when an organization doesn't have any backing behind them. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for the young guys that are coming in that if they don't do well in the NHL, that they still have a place to to hone their skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think this year I'm glad you brought that up, like the minor league club, because I think this year is just strictly opportunity. It's like a year for opportunity, and they're going to have to find out, especially getting a draft pick, which I'll transition into that next here with Connor Bedard. Um, when you get a player like that, you're going to have to turn this around pretty quick because you don't want to waste any of his years. So um, this year is just going to be full. A lot of young players coming up to play on this roster with a lot of veterans. But I'll just ask you, what are your thoughts on Bedard? Are you excited to watch that all year? I am. Um, 
I'm not going to do the same song and dance everybody else does where it's like, oh, it was release. Oh, shot. You know, <laughs> I guess I kind of did there anyway. But, um, <laughs> toe track release. Toe track release. <laughs> but linking him back again to like Felino, um, he came into town. Nick was there with his family and they had him over for dinner. He, you know, met the kids. Um, they played played mini hockey together and you know i could only imagine his release with that stick too <laughs> but um no i think it's the fact that the core veterans that they brought in hall's there hall played in jersey he played with he sheer he sheer you know brought that extra bump to when hall's game was down they actually got into the playoffs that year and for jersey to do that at that time was tough so to have Bernard, same kind of talent and have Hall there with now more experience. He's only 31. You know, some people write Hall off, but his career's not done yet. Perry, I mean, they call him the worm for a reason. He just keeps crawling through. He still gets it done. I mean, you put him on the bottom of the power play, you know, you don't want to leave him alone in front of the net. And then add in somebody like Felino, who was a past captain of a team for many years. I think there's a lot of things around Bedard that are going to help protect him. Not physically, but mentally, emotionally. And he seems to be a person that's very open ears and willing to take advice. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I agree with Taylor Hall. I, I think people are, if they write him off, like, I mean, I'll, I'll get to my hot take, but he is a part of my hot take. And, like, I watched him last year or these last couple of years, especially in Boston. And no, he's still got it for sure. And, I cannot wait to see him and Bedard next to each other because that's going to be a blast to watch and and good good on Chicago for going out and getting someone like like Taylor Hall to play with Bedard because you didn't want to just throw you know a bunch of kids or like Athanasio or anything like that. No disrespect to those guys, but you want to give him something to have some confidence with, and Felino's definitely that guy too. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I and I've I talked about this a little bit with with Raul last week or Tuesday about with just the veterans mixed with the youth. Like you want to do that, which why I really, I mean, asset management, they had, they had the cap space to absorb Hall's contract and they bring Felino with that. Who's a pending RFA or pending UFA. And I mean, he wasn't getting $4 million from anybody else. They paid him too much money, but who cares? They had the space. Use that, use that very well. Same thing with Perry. Like they probably paid him a little bit too much money, but, then you have those type of leaders in your locker room and you're only, they're locked in for one year, you know, like, but it gives that let's give this young kid, somebody who's been in the league for many seasons. What let us watch it. Let him watch them off the rink, watch their training reg- regimens, all that stuff. It's so important. And even, I mean, it's not like Bedard's the only teenager there. Like they have a couple good teenagers that are now going to get to watch these older guys who, you know, and some of them have one cups. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they how that impacts their them moving forward. Because this is a, this is the type of move that I think you make when you're aware of you have teenagers coming up, but they're not quite ready for what NHL life will bring. So you bring in assets that will help with the life part of the hockey, and that's what bringing in veterans like that will do. And so I'm, that's why I'm like I'm really excited when the when Chicago traded for Hall, I was like, that is an excellent move because part of it is that gives them a very, very, very tradable asset at the deadline, which, you know, looking at, okay, asset management, you have the cap space, so you bring Hall in. Okay. If he plays really well, and I mean, the sky's the, the, the sky's the limit, right? Like he could score 45 goals. What is his trade value going to be at the deadline? Or what is his trade value going to be next summer? Then you could be acquiring another first round pick for something that you literally pay nothing for. That is great asset management. So it's just like, to, to me, it's that stuff. And does Hall hit 45 goals? I have no idea. But right. it's one of those things where, but it could happen. And either way, you're putting a first overall pick on the side of another first overall pick's wing. I think that's really good for Bedard. And I think that is the important part of, we understand, we knew that Bedard is the key here. So let's give him every advantage we possibly can. And I think they did a really good job with that. Right. Yeah, I mean, to, to do more connecting dots that are kind of mind-blowing. So <clears throat> you go back to when Felino was drafted by Ottawa. So, you know, he's a 19-year-old stepping into that locker room. 
Do you know who else that's in Chicago was on Ottawa? No. Luke Richardson. Really? So he was still playing. So he's in there, old guy, trying to fight for fourth line minutes, and Nick comes walking in the locker room. And Richardson goes, I think it might be time for me to soon retire. (laughs) He's looking at this young 19-year-old. Well, they're both on the bike riding. Luke's trying to, you know, stay in shape to stay in the league. And Nick's kind of being all lackadaisical about it. Well, Nick goes to leave the locker room. And Luke's like, where are you going? He's like, what? So Nick hops back on the bike. So, you know, if he wasn't there in the start to help push him to make him work for that career, you might not see Nick right now. Yeah. When everything comes full circle. I think Bedard has that drive. But I think Nick's there to protect him the same way Richardson is there to protect Bellino. Yeah. So you just see that the wholesome, the guys that are looking out for each other, they're the ones that keep this league going instead of the ones that are for all flash, all the coin, bounce around from team to team. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that story because that, that is true. If, and if, like, that, that's interesting because. I didn't think Felino was like going to be moved there when that trade went down. I was like, really? But then it makes sense though. Maybe Richardson went like, go get me that guy. That I don't know. Yeah. I didn't do enough research. On yeah. That yeah. One, no, but no. But cool. I mean, it's just interesting to think though. Like if he saw him, you know, as a 19 year old react like that, maybe he's like watched him close throughout his career and everything. And, and people talk and I'm sure, but right. coaches and stuff. And I'm sure he, uh, yeah, that, I mean, it is a perfect fit, really. And especially if he is living with him, which I didn't know about that. But if he is, then that's even better. So Sorry to phrase that. He's not living with him. Oh, he, okay. he was just over at his house yeah, like, yeah. a handful of times already okay. just well, to like, so, see the yeah. family. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he already joked around the media. Connor did about, you know, he doesn't really cook for himself. So, yeah. you know, to have a home-cooked <laughs> meal from somebody, I think that helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like looking, I mean, you look at, what did like the successful teams what have they done i think that is something that they have done they've brought in veterans to protect their youth like i look at tampa bay and having sam and had been there for the points for the sorellis for the circuit how much does that help you know and like and and like you look at chicago it's like okay back you know when kane and, and taser coming in like duncan keith's there seabrook's there like you have some older guys and they're they're they were older enough where they could still grow with them and yet, but they're still young enough that they could be, or they're old enough to, to be that veteran, but young enough that they could grow with them and continue to play while they're in their prime. And I think that that's something that, I think Taylor Hall fits that bill perfectly, which, I mean, he could end up staying. I mean, I, I talked about his trade value, but they could say, now nah, we want to keep you. And he, could, and he could approach him and say, I want to stay. Like, what's it going to take for me to stay? And wouldn't that be cool? So yeah, I think it's really important to have those those veterans in there and then you know, ones that are going to protect them. And I think that people often forget that there's a personal side to hockey too. And that like home cooked meals, having like having people like Bedard's coming to America. I'm not sure where exactly he's from in Canada, but either way, he's not going to be local to his family. So he's going to be by himself in some way, shape or form. Western Canada. Okay. I was going to say, I believe it's near Vancouver. Okay. Yes, actually. Yeah, you're right. It's somewhere. It's, Vancouver-ish because when he was talking to Mitchkoff, he told Mitchkoff that because Mitchkoff's dad passed away the <laughs> summer, a little bit, somewhere recently, yeah. and Bedard, you know, came over to him, talked to him at the draft, and said, "I'm, you know, sorry for your dad. If you're ever in Vancouver, you can come stay with us." Yeah. So, and then Mitchkoff offered him the same thing in Russia, which I don't <laughs> think we'll see Bedard in Russia ever. But anyway. But yeah, so it's but it's like that stuff is so important, and I and even like when Stamkos got to Tampa, I'm pretty pretty sure it was Saint Louis or Le Clavier, one of them. I think he was living with them for like three years, and it's like that's oh, wow. the stuff that you do if you want your team to be successful. Is you have those guys there for that reason, and so it's like it's 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 just very interesting to me, like looking at you know the way that some organizations go about handling their talent, and I think that that's something that not every team has done. And you can see it. And it's just like, which, not to harp on them too badly, but like Edmonton is a team that comes to mind, like with Yakupov. And what did they not like do? They didn't insulate him. And right. they didn't give him that, you know. And, and 
to be fair to Edmonton, there could be stuff going on in the background with Yakupov himself, and that I don't know. But to me, like I just didn't see that type of commitment to the player on the personal side that Chicago's giving to Bedard. And I think that that's important and something that you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. So moving forward, so is there a move that you would like to see Chicago make this year? Um, I wouldn't, wouldn't say a natural like. Definitely not to go out and push for anybody, really. Um, this growth is, in my mind, going to be natural. Um, homegrown, I think, with what they're working with, with the, the Ice Hogs, um, it seems like they could make this work. Now, the unfortunate part is you have to give it some seasons. Do I know how many? No. But you have players like uh, like Wyatt Kaiser on D, where you know he's out of Minnesota Duluth. He's been growing every year for them. And uh, I think he's part of the national program too for U.S. But there's some talent there that they can grow underneath the people that they currently have. Um, do I know how far it's going to go? I don't. But also I want to see Tyler Johnson resurge after coming back from his ankle injury also. Um, he was a key part of the Lightning when they had some runs there. And I'd like to see him get back to his true form. So I'd say. Right now, I want to see no moves would be my move. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes plenty of sense. I wouldn't make a move if I were them besides moving out mm-hmm. come trade deadline, like Matt said about asset management. But mm-hmm. I look at this lineup right now. If your second line being Kurashev, Reichel, and Athanasiu, to me, like, that's just a growing line. And they signed Athanasiu this offseason, in my opinion, to keep him around. So That was a two-year deal, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So... Yeah, and Tyler Johnson, that would be cool. I've always been a fan of Tyler Johnson. I thought he kind of got the, I don't want to say the short end of the stick in Tampa, but he kind of did just because of his contract. I don't think his play was as bad as people made it out to be. So, yeah, I hope right. he does play with Hall and Bedard. I think you'll see a little bit of resurgence there. Um, the only thing that kind of concerns me, too, is Bedard's on the smaller side to some people. TJ is, too. So. Yeah. I mean, Hall's not going to be out there standing up for anybody, but, you know, when you have speed and you have skill, that's what this league's about also. And, I mean, if Felino has to step up and fight somebody, I don't think he's going to say no either. So, Bring back Dustin Buffalo and get get him on the line. Oh, man. No kidding. (laughs) Oh, that'd be wild. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that this is is a team that you don't want to see them. I mean, the only thing that, to me, I look at that I could see making sense would be signing a goalie, like a third-string goalie. Because with Mrazic's injury issues, I could see him being getting hurt and being done for 20, 30 games. And then you're kind of floundering for goalies. And it's like, which, I mean, there's always somebody you can go and acquire, somebody you can bring up. But I would definitely be looking just more of, you know, which, and that's, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't bring somebody to camp on a PTO. Just like, why not? You know, kind of thing. That That's the only thing that, to me, I could see making sense. But. Other than that, I mean, you know, you just, um, you you just let let the team play, you know, and see what you have, and then yeah, at that at the deadline, you're moving pieces out because that's asset management. But and then obviously you're going to bring pieces in, but at the same rate, like right now, moving in the season, I wouldn't want to see them go crazy and just leave what they have hat be there, and then just kind of be looking at okay, what do we do if Mrazic gets hurt? in a serious way because I don't know that you want Soderblom starting um, a majority of your games, but I also am like, what's it hurt? You know, like it really doesn't. So that's my, I think my only like, eh, maybe they could kind of thing, but if they don't, that's fine with me too. No, very true. I mean, Mrazic can do it at a stint here and there, but uh, the last time that was, I think was 2014, 2015 for the Red Wings. It's been a long time coming that he had actually a really good season pop off. Now, I'm not saying it's because of the teams that were playing in front of him that, you know, he didn't get a chance to really play well. But, you know, as the older you get, you can't do too many more back-to-backs. And Soda Blom, yeah, I mean, he's not really tested yet, and he was tested last year. But again, what kind of team did Chicago field in front of him? So, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with your point there, Matt, to having a third string or somebody else fighting in that contention because I think it might be a matter of time till Mrazic gets hurt again and then who are you really leaning on? 
it's tough. But luckily, as of late in the league, somehow some people have ways of being goalie whispers and finding these young kids from foreign countries, yeah. like uh, like Yarmo with Columbus. You know, they just seem to keep snatching up European talent and net. So maybe they can do a little canoots, canoodle yeah. in there and uh, get somebody between the pipes for yeah. them also. But yeah, it's a good point. I could definitely see Chicago being one of those teams like kind of being like, I don't want to call it like a salary cap dump, but like a team like Jersey, if their goaltending doesn't work out, Jersey could, you know, send Vanacek to, to uh, Chicago. And I think that'd be a good fit, honestly. And so then Jersey can free up some cap space to go get a goalie that they want. But I could see something like that, like them being that team, you know, just a couple salary cap dumps. But I think, I think it'd be cool if they could pull something off like San Jose did with Blackwood, like bring in someone like that who I don't have another name off the top of my head right now, but I think that would be a good move for them. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, because of course my mind goes to what would Edmonton be willing to pay to get rid of Jack Campbell's contract? Because that's where I go, <laughs> but you don't want that contract because it's too long. Yeah. But I'm like, and then so then I'm thinking, okay, which goalies are, well, maybe it's Chris Drager in Seattle. There you go. Seattle would want to get rid of his contract. He's only got one more year. He's making, I think it's like three and a half million dollars. It's digestible. He's he's going to help, but he's also like, if Morazic comes back and you want to wait him and send him to minors, so be it. Like it's not a huge. You're not losing because you're you're going to get assets back with him. Like it's not like you're going to be trading away assets to get him. So it's like to me, it's one of those things where I could see that being a goalie, or even another one would be Dan Vladar in Calgary because. I think Dustin Wolf's going to be there. Well, that was my, one of my hot takes was Dustin Wolf's going to be their starter, I think, by January. <laughs> yeah. So, like, they have three goalies. So, he would be, to me, that like that type of goalie would be a good insurance piece. And I could see them going, you know, if Mirazic gets hurt, contacting Calgary and going, what, you know, like, we'll give you a, a fifth round pick or whatever. I don't think there's a huge market for him. And then you're like, and then, you know, and who knows? He could come and play very well for you. And then you're like, and again, another trade piece. Like, but it just gives you that just in case, you know, or when you know Mrazic is hurt kind of thing. But Or maybe they call Philly and say, hey, give us Kyle Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after he let in five goals and six shots in the preseason game. But, yeah. Oof. I did not see that. <laughs> uh, we don't need to talk about that. It's fine. Uh, yes. All right. So we'll move on to our hot takes. So uh, why don't you give me yours first? Okay. Uh, my hot take is that Taylor Hall is going to get 85 points. Okay. I guess that's not too too hot, but I don't know. I think he like his points I think last year he was like in the sixties, I believe, I wanna say. So I mean twenty more points is a lot, but with Bedard, I think it's gonna be a great uh just they're they're gonna click right away. I really think they will. He had thirty six points last year. Okay. I like sixty one games. Okay. So he missed a decent amount. The year before that was 61 and 81. Okay, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. So, but yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's very possible. So, yeah. Good one. Yeah. What about you? So, I have two. I have a soft take, then I have a hot take. Oh. So, I know. <laughs> uh, I should say I have a, a medium take instead of soft. But it's so I think that Connor Bedard is my soft take is Connor Bedard does not win the this year because as I uh, I think I talked about in one of the previous episodes about some of the other rookies I just see Chicago being bad enough that he's doesn't put up enough points where like Fantilli will probably put up more points in this year because Columbus is going to be better than Chicago so I could see Fantilli getting getting that nod for Calder instead so that's my my soft take and then my hot take is that they're going to acquire three first round picks at the deadline because looking at that, what would have to happen is Taylor Hall has to hit and they trade him. Tyler Johnson has to hit and they trade him. And then it's and then you're looking at is it Athanasiu? Is it Bellino? Is it Perry? Like what are you trading away to get that third first round pick? That's gonna be a like that's why to me it's a hot take because I don't know that they have the assets to do that unless three people rush it this year, which I think is possible. So wow. Yeah. Those are my hot takes. First, I never thought about that being an option. <laughs> you go from one first round pick to making three next year. So, okay. 
I got one hot take and then I got well I got one mystery take and then I have one question for you guys. Uh-uh. Um my mystery take is so out of respect they did not name a captain. They named all assistants. Um I think by the powers that be that Taves will become healthy enough and somehow land back in Chicago. Ooh. I don't know what kind of role. I don't know if it's a fourth line center, but um, I'd like to see the captain come back and, uh, you know, actually be somewhat healthy. Um, and also my question is Tyler Johnson had 72 points in 2015 with Tampa Bay. Now, if everything goes right, Paul Bedard, him, first line, Connor figures it out in the league. Johnson's healthy. Do you think he could break his highest point total of 72 points this year? So over under 72 if that if that line connects. <laughs> That's tough. I want to say yes, but I mean that's I mean, realistic. Just think, it's thirty goals, forty-two assists. Right. That's a, it's yeah. a big year. <laughs> but well, yeah, I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, I was just say I'll, I'll uh, while you think about this, I'll take this because I'm going to go with yes, and my reason being, their goaltending is porous, so they could be losing games nine to six. Yeah. And still be losing games, so looking like they're going to be bad and being bad, but mostly coming from their goaltending, while all these guys are still putting up like. He'll have a horrible plus minus, but he'll he'll definitely be putting up points. So I think if that line hits, I certainly think seventy two plus is definitely possible. So it just to me, it's a matter of can they get the matchups, and then can they like because I don't I think from Chicago's perspective, management wise, you don't want this to be a winning season. Like you want them to struggle again because you want that top five pick again because that really that gives you that insulation of what you have in prospect wise, but so you don't want them to do too well. So it's like, it's one of those things, but at the same rate, I do think that, I mean, my hot take was just that they acquire for a bunch of first round picks. So that would help with that. So all that to say, I do think it's, it's certainly possible. I like Johnson. I like the way he plays, but I do think that the, the downside and like my, my part that says no would be the smallness of that line. When you play against, big, strong teams, will they be able to produce? So, But it's also regular season, and the refs actually call stuff in the regular season, so they'll have that going for them too. But, yeah, what about you? As much as I want to say yes, I am going to say no because I don't believe he'll finish the year on that line. I I really don't. I think they're going to go through a couple weeks of it. They're going to try it out. We're going to see. And I know I kind of talked them up earlier a little bit, and I want to see it because I really – like this game a lot but these last few years like he's just lacked so much confidence and it's it's i don't know i could see it going like the first couple weeks and you know bedar's production's not as high as they'd want to see it and they need to switch it up and they'll throw athanasio over there or they'll put donato up there or they'll put something like that and so yeah i'm gonna say no because that's too much but realistically if i mean if he got 50 points i'd be thrilled like I'd be absolutely thrilled if I was a Blackhawks fan because that's still a very solid season in the NHL, no doubt. And but seventy seventy two is a lot of points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what is he? I'll cheer for it for you though. Hey, time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. All right. Anything else you want to add to Chicago before we move on? Go Hawks. All right. <laughs> Go Hawks. So we'll move on now a lot of time on that team but that was great that was very very good yeah. i'm very i'm looking forward to listening back on that because that was a great conversation so we're going to move on to toronto so i'll go through the arrivals and departures oh i'm sorry real quick before we move on i have given my expectation for seeds for each team so i forgot to do that for this team so i expect them to be seed number eight sorry it's just my expectation for this team in the central division so yeah all right, moving on, Toronto. So arriving is Ryan Reeves, John Klingberg, Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, Dylan Gambrell, and Martin Jones. 
Departing is Noel Achari, Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Shen, Michael Bunting, Eric Gustafson, Eric Colgren, Alex Kerfoot, Victor Mete, Radam Zahorna. So, by request of the special Mr. Kyle, I'm going to take this one first. So, yeah, I I don't know. I, I think, you know, and, and something that's not on here, but I think we got to mention, which we talked about the Matthews extension, and I don't think we need to hit too, too much on that, but I think it that comes into play here, too. Like, looking at what they're building and, you know, like, Bertuzzi and Domi are the type of players they've needed for six, seven years now. They've never gotten. So now you finally have them in the door. But with Matthew's extension, you're not keeping them. Plus, you pretty much pushed William Nylander out the door. I don't know. I just, I look at this team and I go, I don't think they got better. Like, I really just don't. I, I think they got worse. And I know, I know, I hate Toronto. I know, I know, I know. But again, when you build teams incorrectly, I just think this is what happens. And I'm going to just harp on that. The build, the building of this team, and it's funny because I think that this is all on ownership because Lamorelli had a plan. He had it. He he was moving forward with this team. He had them in a good place. He refused to sign Tavares, and they fired him over it. And then Dubas comes in and immediately signs, signs Tavares. And I just think that that just killed him. I just think that, that that in and of itself killed all hope this team had of, of Stanley Cup, which is ironic because you think you're getting one of the best players in the league. How is that possibly hurting you? Because you're built incorrectly. You're top-heavy. And also, it's he's too similar. If he was a Ryan O'Reilly, oh, that would have been perfect. But instead, you go, now you have pretty much two of the exact same centers. Now you're fighting each other. And it's like, it just didn't work. So... Again, they're building correctly, and I will stick. I will stick to that until Matthews is no longer wearing a maple leaf. Like I just, I just think that they're built very incorrectly, and you also need to find a way to get your stars to sign reasonable contracts, and that's not something they've done. And and that's not specifically aimed at Matthews, although it's, he's part of it. But all of them. I mean, Nylander, ironically, is the only one who took a reasonable contract, and it's funny because I think he was the. I mean playoff time he was probably one of the more impressive ones out of the four so yeah i just i think they they put some makeup on the situation but i don't think that they they really got better i mean john klingberg how does that move your like you guys struggle to defend you have and like i and while i firmly believe that wool is their starter after this year i just think that samsonov is going to price himself out of there and I think he's fine, but I think Wool is a very good goaltender, and you saw that in the playoffs. But like they still, they're just not good defensively. And you go and you sign the most offensive defenseman you could get, and then like you could have had Reeves at one year. Why did you sign him to three years? Like dumb moves like that, and it's just like, like it, it just to me is like you're trying to look. You're looking at the list of all the guys that you lost and going, okay, but 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 we did this, but we did this, but we did this. It's like, no, that doesn't fix your issues. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what I think about all the acquisitions and, and the departures and stuff like that. So I'll uh, I'll move on to, which that's ironic, but I'll just hit it real quick. I still, with that, I still have them seeding number two in the division. <laughs> so they're still a good team, but I don't think they move the needle where it matters. And I don't think when it comes well time, it's going to matter. So, yeah, that's my, my thoughts. I kind of thought that's how you were going to end that because if you didn't, I was ready to argue. Because <laughs> Just as much as I agree, this team... Oh, they suck. They're missing the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I, I, I thought you might, which I was going to question your integrity for the first time because I did not do that with McDavid at <laughs> five. But the, the reason I say that is just because, like, it doesn't matter. Regular season, this team is going to win a lot of hockey games because oh, yeah. they're still a very good team. You look at that lineup, and it is, it is very... It, it is it is a good team for the regular season. Mm-hmm. Regular season and the tournament are two different things. Because in a tournament, you have to play consistent. You can't you can't make mistakes. You can't do the things that we all know Toronto has done over these years. So, um, but uh, I figured you'd go that route. So, like I do sometimes, I let you go negative, 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 and I hop in with some positive. So, just to bring some excitement for the fans up there, I think that 
Bertuzzi, Matthews, Marner is going to be a fun line to watch. And frankly, I think that's going to bring them a little bit more than they've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. Now, one year, I think is that's a different topic because it's a contract, but we're talking strictly this season. So I'm not really going to get into the contract side of it. Mm -hmm. I still think they should have, if they were going to bring Bertuzzi to town, they probably should have tried to make it a little bit more, but it is what it is. It's a part, it's a different part of the business, but on ice this season, he's going to fit that team very well. And it's going to hurt to see him there because I really wanted him to stay in Boston because he obviously fit very well. And, Mm -hmm. but it's also a good fit up in Toronto. I will say that. But the Klingberg signing, I agree. I, I can't really come up with a positive on that. I still don't really understand <laughs> it, but it is what it is. Um, one player I am excited to see up there, or I'll say two players, is Matthew Nyes, his first full season in the NHL. He looked very good in the playoffs last year, so I'm excited to see what he does. But they do have Nick Robertson dropped into that lineup. Mm-hmm. That's Finally wait and see what he does. And they do have him playing next to Nylander and Domi right now. Now, obviously things change, but that's a good start as your third line. And I'm really excited to see what he can do because we watch his brother in Dallas put up, you know, he's going to be a 50 goal scorer every year. <laughs> so it's it's exciting to see what he's going to do with his first full year. And it looks like they're going to give him the opportunity out of training camp, which is good because they haven't done that these last couple of years, so it'll be cool. I'm excited to see him there. Um, you did. You kind of brought up the goaltending. I think that Hall will, or yeah, Hall will eventually. Wall yeah. will eventually. Jeez, I was thinking <laughs> Justin Hall. He was like stuck in my head, and you know, Joseph Wall. He's gonna be starting a lot of games this year, and it'll be exciting. But Samsonov, he, he was the best goalie Toronto's had. Well, I won't say that because I'm pretty high on Frederick Anderson, but I think he was the most consistent goalie they had because Anderson's just hurt week in and week out. But mm-hmm. um, I think I think they have their best goaltending tandem. This year is a big year for Toronto. They, now I said that last year, like they have to win with this team because they're not going to get another team. And I agree. I think they did get worse. But this year is a big year with the Matthews contract kicking in next year. Nylander could be gone next year. A lot could change this next offseason, which maybe is why Bertuzzi was willing to sign that one-year deal, why Domi may have been willing to sign that one-year deal. They want to get that shot with this team. I still don't think it's going to be enough. I really don't. But I do have them in first place in the Atlantic division. So, (laughs) um, yeah. Uh, One player, too, before I pass it on. Jake Muzzin is officially done for the year again. They announced it. That just sucks. That's a big player on that team, which really makes the Klingberg signing not make any sense Mm -hmm. because you would think they knew that there's a chance you're not going to have your best defenseman, defensive defenseman. You think you'd want to go sign a defensive defenseman instead of Klingberg, but (laughs) we'll see. Uh, You you think that, you know, Dubas being gone would help with that, but well, that's the other thing too. the The pressure of having like a young GM like him who makes the moves that he does and stuff. Like you don't have that anymore, which I think is good for the organization, no doubt. And Tree Living's going to keep things pretty under wraps there, and I think that that part's good for the team. I still just I think he's he's got a lot of work ahead of him to figure out everything around it. And Reeves isn't the answer. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remind me of Chicago's GM's name. Uh, Bowman, Kyle Davidson. Davidson. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. I think Davidson has a easier job ahead of him than pre-living in Toronto. Oh yeah, I think so. Easily, because he can do Easily. what he wants. Like, he he's building it himself <laughs> from the bottom. I think. And also, he doesn't have he doesn't have the major letdown that's about to happen. Sorry, Toronto fan. That <laughs> they are, they're just not going to be like they're going to be good in the regular season. But they're going to they're going to win anything because they don't. You know, they don't have guys that, well, and again, I hate to slam Matthews because I do like him as a player, but, and he, and again, he played very well this offseason, this postseason, but at the same rate, they just don't have, they don't have that guy that's willing to do whatever it takes to win. I mean, they had O'Reilly there. They needed to keep him in. They didn't, which some of that is, you know, his absolutely O'Reilly's choice. And I mean, we'll talk about him in a little bit here when we talk about Nashville, but 
at the same rate. Like to me, it's that's the guy you need. And like when I'm looking at it, like William Nylander's your, your third center right now. He's a skill guy. You don't want him like you. You need to fill up the no in that spot. That's what you need. You don't need Nylander there. And it's like you're wasting you're wasting his talent because you've blocked him. And like what we talked about with LA about the constant blocking and and you know the, that stuff. Like I'm even looking at like okay, you bring Klingberg in. You just block Lilligren from playing in that second on that second pairing. Why? Yeah. It's like and same thing with with Rasmus Sandin. Like, why did you do what you did with him? And like, and he's going to be such a good player for Washington. Such a good player. Like, what are you doing? Like, so again, I mean, I I hate to talk this negatively about a team because I really do. Like, I love hockey, and I and I I just you know I want to see every team succeed, and and I know that. There's always going to be one winner, and there's always going to be 31 losers until the team or until the NHL expands again. But like, at the same rate, I want to see everybody do well, but I just don't see this team succeeding with the way that they're consistently putting the wrong pieces in place year after year after year after year. And yeah, so anyway, yeah. Anything else you want to add before I hit my hot take real quick and move on before I go for it? Vessel? Go for it. So I have two for this team. So shocking. Another yeah. soft take. Um, no, they're both hot takes. So I'll go with my easier to digest one first, which is that Demi has the highest point total of his career this year. Okay. I think that's almost a guarantee simply because he's going to be, he's going to be given a lot of opportunities to play up and down that lineup and play with some very good players. And as we talked about, they're going to be a very good regular season team. So he's going to put up points. My other hot take is that this team won't win a cup till Matthews is gone. Wow. Spicy. Yeah. But I just, one, you can't be paying somebody $13.5 million. It just doesn't work. It just, it just doesn't. And also, if he wants to do that, he needs to do the Crosby and become very responsible defensively to where you're getting nominated for selfies. If, you, if, if he's going to win a cup in Toronto, he needs to do that level work on himself to get that team there. And as I've talked about like 17 times already, he's part of that super lazy top five draft class. I just don't see it. I think Matthews, and and it's hard because Matthews is so dynamite in the offensive zone. You should be able to just let him be and let him do what he does really well. But the problem is, is that because Tavares is right behind him, it just doesn't work. Look, one of the two of them has to be deep, has to, has to figure out how to be selfie level defending and i just don't see that so yeah. anyway those are my hot takes yeah i think more more of it is the contract than the player as much because i do think matthews is growing into like a better all-around player but he's gonna have to do even more with the contract with his pay raise that he just got like you're taking even more of the cap away so better hope that cap goes up <laughs> a lot oh then more and more and more don't worry it's going up just like Shrekley's going to Boston. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> he will not give this up, Murph. It's ridiculous. We're almost there. We're almost there. Once we get, once we get to the game one. Then... I just can't wait till it happens. <laughs> like that's, that's, that day's going to be that day's going to be tough. Uh, when he signs there as a free agent this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> see, that I'm okay with. That would be fun. That I'm okay with. I'm not upset with that. I just don't want to see them give up any assets to bring them in. Uh, no, they're going to do what they did with Taylor Hall. This is what we're giving you, and that's what you get. Because that second and Bjork for Taylor Hall was still one of the best trade deadline acquisitions. Yeah, they're going to do the same thing with Shifley when they get him. Maybe. <laughs> so, Matt, on that hot take, you said Domi highest points of his career, right? Yeah. All right, just to give the listeners some stat lines there. So that's seventy twos is highest right now. Okay. So, so that gonna... lines up with the last question that's posed for the Hawks. So seventy three is a lot in a season. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll so what what year did you get seventy two? That was nineteen with uh, the Canadians. Yeah. Okay. I actually yeah. didn't think that. I thought I thought it was going to be in like the low sixties. So uh, he hasn't. That's his highest year. He hasn't scratched past fifty two points. Other than that. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that was the one year in, in Montreal where everybody's like, "Oh, he's here. He's hmm. doing it." And I'm like. <laughs> Maybe one off. Be careful. Montreal is kind of a hot mess. Yep. And sure enough, they were. But anyway. Yep. So uh, my hot take is 
Ryan Reeves is going to be healthy scratch more than he's going to play this year. <laughs> that is a very good hot take. I'm very interested to see if that will be true or not. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, he's been healthy scratched a lot in these last couple of years here. And I mean, he's somebody that, you know, if you're, if you're not a playoff team, I could see you going, yeah, like I want him playing in my, my, my bottom four. I don't want him, you know, I'm, maybe not don't want him but you know he, he's effective in some ways but not always and so yeah i mean i could, I could see that being very realistic i mean like yeah and and that's why like toronto do you really want that like do you, why three years like i just i can't like one year okay whatever any you can do anything for one year no biggie like whatever but i feel like you should have just kept wayne simmons like i feel like he's more productive than than he reeves is like mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's just, it's, you know, it's one of those things like he was healthy scratched more often than not in New York. And then they traded him because he wasn't playing. He went to Minnesota and just there's a reason they went and traded for Patrick Maroon this offseason. You know, they needed, they wanted Reeves to be that fourth line guy that's going to, you know, fight occasionally, work hard on the forecheck and do everything that Patrick Maroon's going to do. And he's just, he's just not very good anymore. And, and it sucks because I really do like Ryan Reeves a lot. And at one point in his career, I really thought he was the best, like, fourth-line enforcer because he could, you know, get himself to the net. He would get, you know, he would score some goals. He would drive that net. Nobody could tie him up because he's just so big. But he doesn't have any speed anymore. Like, he's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I would take Lucic over him any day. I would take Maroon over him any day. Like, give me, give me all those guys. And, yeah, I just, I don't see it working. And I you know, a lot of pressure in Toronto. And I think those fans are going to watch him be lose puck battles and just not do anything besides fight occasionally. And yeah, they're going to have to, they're going to be forced to scratch him. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I mean, I agree. I, I do. I like him. I do think he's a good player and, and it, it's, it is a shame. Unfortunately, every career has to come to an end at some point. And I think he's on the downside of his career, unfortunately, but it's a shame because I think this is going to be, this is going to be that that kind of nail in the coffin for him, and I think that that's a shame because I think if it wasn't so long, if it wasn't for as much money too, it's you know it's one thing if he's three years but seven hundred fifty k, it's like oh well, okay, like what's it matter then? Like you, you're hardly paying him anything, but he's making over a million dollars, and it's like I just feel like there's so many more options. There, I, there's still like options available that could do the same thing for less money or less term that could still contribute in some way, shape, or form. Yep. And even, or even just leaving that spot open and hoping that Chicago is willing to trade Felino at the deadline, like, that's a much better fit because Felino can still play and, like, at a high level, whereas Reeves just, it's a shame. And I just, I'm not trying to hate on Reeves. I do think he's, you know, a good dude and stuff, but, hey, unfortunately, you know, he slowed down and, and he was never fast anyway. So, like, right. it's just, unfortunately, that catches up in you. We're not really talking about this at all. If it's a one-year deal, yeah. Like we're not, we're not, I'm not even bringing his name up. I'm saying like, oh, it's a good signing. You never know. Bring him in. He'll protect the guys he needs to protect, and it is what it is. And you know, you sign Bertuzzi to a one-year deal. You sign Domi to a one-year deal, but you sign Reeves to a three. It, Klingberg to a one. Like you sign all those guys to one, but Reeves gets the three years. So it is what it is. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Or if you have anything you want to add to Toronto before we move on. Um, yeah, I think that's partly with the, uh, it's about the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think with the lineup they have and the way things were questionable with the office, things getting shuffled around, still uncertainties with all the contracts. I think there's enough drama to where they could just be a wild card team. Ooh. Um, you know, I think they've been, oh, they're a lock for playoffs, but, you know, then it's speculation of are they going to make it past first round? Will they see a second round ever? I mean, at some point, it's going to start reverting on you again to where, you know, you're going to be, I'm going wild card. Yeah. I'm going wild card. Hey, it's, it's, it wouldn't be that surprising. There's a lot of good teams in that division we've talked about. I think we've gotten through all the teams in the Atlantic now, and, yeah, it, it's not surprising. I mean, I have. Tampa out of the playoffs. Matt has Boston out of the playoffs, so it's not surprising to, you know, maybe there's a one of the, like they're that they're that team, and Boston gets in, and Matt's list, and Tampa gets in on mine. So yeah, 
it is it wouldn't be that surprising in my opinion no it's funny i mean one of my favorite memes is tell me about the greatest rivalries in hockey and it's the leafs in the first round of playoffs (laughs) (laughs) and that's just one of my favorite memes oh that's tough and it's so funny or the what happens when you get out of an abusive relationship and it's tyler bozak with his cup it's um phil kessel with his cup there's two more who's i can't i can't think who who else it is off the top of my head but nasm kadri yes kadri i forget who the fourth one is but it just cracks me up it's so funny but yeah anyway so yeah no i mean i i wouldn't yeah it's tough that division's so tough it's really kind of hard to predict where everybody's gonna fall just don't know and there's so many good teams in the league now and you know, like they're going to be playing some Metro teams and stuff like that too. So, you know, you just don't know where they're going to fall. But yeah. Anything else you want to add to Toronto? Nope. All right. So we are going to skip Nashville for tonight. We're going to move them to a different episode. We went a little long with Chicago, which was great. But just for time's sake, we're going to cut this one here now and leave it be with just the Toronto and Chicago. So, yeah, this was another episode of Glassbones Hockey Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thanks, Murph, for being on. It was great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Thanks for being here, Kyle. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And your, your nice new chair. Yeah. Behind your really crappy desk that's currently missing drawers because I ripped them off and huh. you didn't even notice. Uh, I had more leg space. That's all I need. <laughs> I don't need any drawers. Uh, yes. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. And, you know, if you can go follow our Instagram page and, you know, if you want to tell a friend, that would be greatly appreciated too. So we're getting up in there and listens. And that's all thanks to you all who listen every week. So thank you all. And we'll see you all sooner rather than later.